From Washington, this is Talking Tax. I'm Jeff Leon. So here's one weird trick that might help you delay paying taxes. Just file a lawsuit against the IRS saying that they're improperly enforcing tax law. Even if you lose, you'll still be able to hang on to your money while the suit is winding its way through the courts. Sounds great, right? Well, there's just one problem. There's a law called the Anti-Injunction Act that specifically prohibits this kind of scheme. Under this law, you can still sue the IRS, but usually not until you pay your taxes and are looking for a refund, or the IRS has sent you a tax bill. Now, a version of this law has been around since the 1860s, and it was created because Congress recognized that if judges can stop the IRS from collecting taxes, that could get in the way of the government's revenue stream. However, nowadays, some are wondering whether this law has gone too far. Under this law, businesses or individuals may have to go through an audit or pay the IRS millions or tens of millions of dollars for violating a tax rule before they can even have an opportunity to challenge that rule in court. That's the central issue at play in a case the Supreme Court heard earlier this week. The case is CIC Services versus IRS, and Bloomberg Tax's Asia Bogchi covered Tuesday's oral arguments at the court. I spoke to her about how those arguments went, what this particular case is about, and why, based on the justice's questions, the IRS could potentially be headed for a loss. The IRS faced some particularly scrutinizing questions. It's not that both sides didn't face some tough questions, but it did really seem that the justices had more tough questions for the IRS. So <laughs> the big takeaway I had is that, you know, the IRS might lose this case. The IRS has argued that that could be really significant for the type of work that it does for, for it being able to um, enforce the tax code and particularly to go after tax shelters. Just to step back for a moment and explain a little bit about what's going on here, you've got this Tennessee consulting firm called CIC Services, and it is subject to this reporting requirement that the IRS issued. And CIC Services said, hey, this reporting requirement wasn't issued through the proper procedures. We don't think it's valid, so we don't think we're bound by it. The issue for CIC services is that the reporting requirement is, is supported, it's backed by a penalty that Congress labeled as a tax. So the IRS is arguing that that penalty is a tax for the purposes of the Anti-Injunction Act. And so CIC services suit is trying to get in the way of the IRS collecting this tax. And so they can't bring their suit until they, one, violate the reporting requirement, two, get assessed a penalty by the IRS. And CIC Services' point is, hey, there are actually potentially criminal penalties, criminal sanctions, and even, CIC Services argues, prison time if we violate this reporting requirement. There is no way we're going to do this. So the only way we'll have a chance to come to court and get a court to rule on whether this reporting requirement is valid is if you let us um, bring our lawsuit now, um, even though the Anti-Injunction Act is there. The IRS says... There won't be criminal penalties here if you do this in a particular way. CIC Services says that's wrong, and they were fighting that out in court. So thinking back, you know, are there any discussions or comments from the trial which stand out to you? You know, you mentioned that the justices seem pretty hard on the IRS. I think the big point is this. It's not that CIC Services didn't have some tough questions, but there were a few justices that even floated potential rulings that they might make that would go against the IRS in different ways. Um, 
Some of them seemed particularly concerned about the potential for criminal penalties and criminal sanction. Amy Coney Barrett, the the newest justice to the court, comes to mind. She proposed a particular type of ruling in which the Supreme Court says the Anti-Injunction Act applies to this case. This is a tax. But even though that's true, we're going to say that CIC services, you can bring your lawsuit, you can challenge this reporting requirement because given that you could incur uh, criminal penalties, I actually think the word she used was would incur criminal penalties. So she might just believe the IRS is wrong here. Given that that uh, could happen, we don't think that there's an adequate alternative remedy for you to be able to bring this lawsuit. So we're going to let it go forward anyway. Justice Kavanaugh, who had actually, when he was a judge on a, an appeals court before he, he joined the Supreme Court, he'd issued a ruling that looked like it would be really good for the IRS. Um, at least um, many people argued that it was analogous to, to ruling for the IRS in this case. But he expressed concerns, too. He made his position really clear. He said, IRS, I agree with you on X, Y, and Z, but I don't agree with you on this one issue. I think that there are ways of avoiding prison time. We can rule in such a way that we say, hey, if a taxpayer says we think the reporting requirement is invalid, that just means that that um, they can't go to prison, that this isn't a, a what's called a willful violation of the law, and so you can't face prison time. But his point was he thinks the penalties here could be so high, um, cost so much for a taxpayer, that it's just too much of a risky bet for a taxpayer to want to go to court about this. And so that's too big a deterrence for taxpayers to... to um, bring these types of lawsuits. And he even brought up something, um, he brought up how we live in, a, in an era where there's a current philosophy about this idea that there should be judicial review of what the administrative state is doing in general. Um, he referenced something Justice Roberts also asked about in the arguments. He said, um, is there a presumption of what's called pre-enforcement review? What Roberts was talking about there is that when you have a ruler regulation, should courts have a presumption that um, that someone in the public can get a court to rule on whether the regulation is valid before the regulation is enforced against them? So they really and Gorsuch brought this up too. He said that the IRS and the Treasury Department regulate all sorts of parts of our national economy today. Um, we're talking about the nonprofit sector, the education sector, and. Uh, we have this idea that when federal agencies um, are regulating the economy, there are going to be procedural requirements that they're bound by about how they do this. That's pretty interesting to hear, especially with these comments from these new justices. So I want to ask you next, where do you see this case going? Yeah, I mean, my best reading of what happened at arguments is it doesn't bode well for the IRS. But hey, the Supreme Court hasn't issued a ruling yet. They're going to get together and uh, discuss how they're thinking about this case. And that could always change. They're, they, 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 you would expect they've already read through the briefs, but they can engage with them again, really scrutinize these, these different arguments and where they might disagree. Uh, but I, uh, I think that there was enough scrutiny um, from the different justices. And some of that scrutiny came from even um, liberal justices. Justice Kagan also asked a kind of tough question, saying that she's not so sure that um, this suit is really uh, aimed at the type of stuff that the Anti-Injunction Act was, was meant or written um, in such a way to prohibit. Justice Breyer had, a, had tough questions on both sides, but seemed... Um, more frustrated with the responses from the IRS to his tough question there. So uh, my best guess is that the IRS will lose. That'll have an immediate 
impact on a specific issue, I think. It has to do with these reporting requirements that the IRS backs by penalties that are labeled as taxes. These requirements are used as part of how it goes after tax shelters, and it's on the clock when it's going after these tax shelters. It faces statutes of limitations, three years, six years, um, and has to do a lot in that time period. It has to figure out where these tax shelters are. It has to, potential tax shelters, it has to analyze what's really going on here. Um, so there are risks of either not being able to detect the tax um, shelters in time or go after them. People argue this could be billions of dollars a year for the federal government. It is a it is a really big issue. Do you think the ruling will be unanimous? Um, do you think it will break along certain lines? You know, what are your thoughts towards this? I wouldn't rule it out. Um, uh, I think the court where it can does prefer to issue unanimous rulings. Um, and I don't think it's impossible here that there'll be some that's my initial reading from from listening to the arguments anyway. Um, there was huge division in the Court of Appeals below, and that really had a kind of partisan divide where you saw a, saw a lot of Democratic-appointed uh, judges favoring the IRS and a lot of Republican-appointed judges seeming to favor um, the taxpayer. So there were reasons to think there could be some partisan divide on the Supreme Court, too. Um, I think that the the toughest question that the uh, the taxpayer faced here came from Justice Sotomayor. Um, she early on said, I don't see um, how you can get out of these prior decisions that the Supreme Court has issued. I think they seem to me to mean that the Anti-Injunction Act would bar your lawsuit. Uh, but later, um, when she was asking questions of the IRS, then she also asked a question that seemed to, to, to kind of run in the other direction. She piggybacked on something Justice Breyer had said uh, and said that this case could be different. She didn't think that the Supreme Court had ever ruled that uh, you could, the Anti-Injunction Act could prevent your lawsuit um, when you're trying to challenge a reporting requirement that makes you provide information that is really about the IRS going after someone else for taxes. So you're this third party here. So... I wanted to ask your thoughts on the newest justice, Amy Coney Barrett. You know, before this case, we didn't really know how she would approach this particular issue. But now that we know and now that we've heard her comments, do you have any thoughts on these comments? Um, uh, any thoughts about what she brings to the table? Yeah, I um, <clears throat> remember when her name was being floated for... Um for a position on the Supreme Court. I did a little look into what tax rulings she had issued. She'd only been on the um, uh, on the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals for a relatively short period of time. Um, she had issued a few rulings that had some tax sides to it, but not rulings that people seem to think um, were very telling about what she was going to do in this case. So I was excited to see what she was going to say here. And uh, she indicated, you know, I think it could change. She indicated that she she's inclined to rule against the IRS specifically because she thinks that CIC services would um, be exposing itself to the risk of criminal penalties um, if it um, if it violates this reporting requirement. Um, uh, she seemed to be really concerned that 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 doesn't mean that means that CIC services doesn't really have an adequate alternative remedy to bringing its lawsuit now in order to get that kind of judicial review about whether the reporting requirement is even valid in the first place. And she suggested 
um, basically um, a particular way that the court might rule, a really clean way saying that there isn't this alternative adequate remedy for bringing the lawsuit. Um, that sort of echoed actually um, a ruling that she had made when she was on a court of appeals before in a case dealing with something similar to the Anti-Injunction Act. It's called the Tax Injunction Act, and it deals with state taxation rather than federal taxation. Only there, that case um, seemed more clear-cut to people um, that I talked to, um, where there didn't seem to be an adequate remedy and where um, there was explicit text saying that taxpayers need that kind of adequate alternative remedy. Um, But yeah, here it seemed also she's concerned with taxpayers being able to bring their lawsuits. Does that mean that she'll want to go further down the line and think about other challenges to to tax regulations? I can't really say. Um, But it did fit into, into what some people speculated she might be concerned with on the Supreme Court, which is making sure that there are avenues to get judicial review Um, about uh, actions from federal agencies. That was Bloomberg Tax's Aisha Bakchi. You can find up-to-the-minute news on the latest tax and accounting developments at our website, news.bloombergtax.com. That website, once again, is news.bloombergtax.com. And if you have any thoughts about what you just heard, or really anything else, get in touch with us on Twitter. We use the handle at tax. Today's episode of Talking Tax is produced by myself, Jeff Leon, and David Schultz. Kathy Larson is our editor. From Washington, I'm Jeff Leon. Thanks for listening. This is Adam Allington, and I'm here to announce a new season of Uncommon Law, a narrative podcast series from Bloomberg Law. My co-hosts and I will speak with African-American attorneys and hear their perspectives on how big law is, or in some cases, isn't adapting to become more diverse and inclusive. It's not fair, but what can be better than being on the front lines of helping to make this country better for all of us? If not us, who? If not now, when? Just search for Uncommon Law wherever you get your podcasts.